This is powerful. And what makes it powerful is because the deeper you go into dark places with the gospel, the more real that you realize the gospel is. Some of you know one of my favorite poems is by a woman named Minnie Louise Haskins in the first decade of last century. In 1903, she wrote a poem that nobody had really heard of until 1939 on Christmas Day when King George VI, who had just taken over the throne from his brother who had abdicated, had to give a Christmas address. And it was in 1939, so this plague, a pandemic of a different sort called Nazism that was threatening the world in deep fear, was taunting people. And so he closed his speech that day to give hope to a people. And he, the name of the speech is the gate of the year. He says, I said to the man at the gate of the year, and I've quoted this to some of you before at the beginning of significant times, we have never been in the presence of such a significant time. We've never been on a threshold like the one we're on. So you talk about applicable. I was just thinking about it early this morning. I said to the man at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And the man said to me, go out into the darkness. Go on. Wouldn't we love it if the darkness would disappear? Then we could go out. He said, no, go out into the darkness, which is biblical. And put your hand into the hand of God. And that shall be for you better than any light and safer than any known way. Guys, I've got all sorts of juxtapositions going on in me right now, and one is deep heaviness over what we're, we're, we're facing right now, but the other is, is a deep sense of anticipation that we're going to taste the enoughness of God together in ways that we never have before. We're going to taste the life of the gospel before because it can withstand this kind of stuff. But the deal is, let's walk together, putting our hand in the hand of the God at the gate of this year, of this season. We don't know if it's two weeks. We don't know if it's two months. We don't know how long it is. But may we realize that putting our hands into the hand of God is better than any light and safer than any known way. Now, Paul was one of the founders of the church, the heroes in the New Testament. He had a, a, a good friend. He's a young man named Timothy. And I think Timothy dealt with fear and timidity. And some people have actually talked about timid Timothy. And he gave Timothy a loving but pretty powerful exhortation. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, he said, but God... I want you to understand something, Timothy. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-discipline. That self-discipline is a strange word. We'll get to it in a minute. Probably a better translation is wise discernment. And you say, well, that's the same thing. Uh, well, wisdom discernment isn't that kind of over, overstating it. Maybe, 
but he's saying it. He says, hey, Tim, I want you to understand something here. Whatever you're facing right now, I want you to understand this. And you know, you think of so many other things that he told Timothy. Uh, greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Uh, it, we've, we, 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 you, see, you hear all the New Testament writers joining in with Paul and saying, hey, Tim, listen, you might have fear, but God's not giving you that spirit of fear. Fear already, fear, is, fear comes naturally to us. What's not natural, what's supernatural, what's a gift of the gospel is the spirit that God gives us, part of his Holy Spirit that gives us power and love and self-control. So here, here's what I want to do fairly quickly and just for us is we're at the threshold of this year. We're the gate of the year. What's it going to look like for us to walk hand in hand with God and face these days with courage? It's going to involve three ingredients. So if we are going to stand at the threshold and respond with courage to what's facing us right now in our culture, it'll involve three commitments. The first commitment is to live courageously. And we're just going to go through those three words, power and love and self-control. So read it again. I'd encourage you to memorize this verse. Uh, you got plenty of time at home uh, alone and with your family, so hey, let's use it for memorizing some scripture together. And this is a great place to start. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-discipline. Now, we uh, love our kids here, and we're going to be thinking through ways to, to help during this, this season uh, that we might be, not be able to gather together in large groups. Uh, right now, we know this, this weekend, a lot of you kids are with your parents right now, and you're thinking, I don't know if I can last 15, 20 more minutes with this red-headed guy, but uh, you might not have to. But kids, I want you to hear this one. Uh, years ago, there, there's a Native American tribe that had the tradition of initiating their young men, their young braves, uh, when they became adults. And they would be in their probably 12, 13 years old. And this was their initiation. They took them through a lot of things, but the final point of this initiation, for them to move from being a child to being a true brave in this tribe, is they would blindfold that young man and they would lead him blindfolded for miles out of the middle of the forest. And then they would leave him there and they would tell him how long he had to wait until he took the blindfold off. And they would all depart and it would be at dusk when they would do this. And he couldn't take it off for quite a long time. Once he did, it would be pitch black, and he's all alone. And he would start hearing every twig that would snap and every breathing of any type of animal, wondering if it was coming after him, and he would grip his bow and arrow. But what they were doing is wanting to teach him courage and being in the darkness and not knowing where he was. And so he would stay up all night battling his fears and listening to this, listening to that, saying, is this a threat? And when dawn would come, he was given permission to get up and try to make his way back to their village. And when he'd do that, within just a couple of minutes, somebody would come up alongside him. His dad, who had been there all night, all night. He didn't see him, but he was there. And, and kids, and I'm speaking to kids between the ages of two and 100 and two, 
Abba is with us. Joshua, chapter 1, verse 9, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? So that's an exhortation. But here's, here's the further part of it. Don't be afraid. I've done some research into the Hebrew there. You know what Hebrew means there? It means do not be afraid. But it's not some clever Jedi mind trick. It says, here's, here's how. You, don't be discouraged for the Lord your God. He'll be with you wherever you go. It might be dark, but he's right there. He's right there. Emmanuel, God with us. I had a mentor long ago, a man who took me under. I was studying at a Bible college in England, and he had been a pastor at Moody Church in Chicago and a, a, a famous church in Edinburgh. His name was Dr. Alan Redpath, and he discipled me for a number of months, and his deep, booming voice. He wrote this long ago. He's since gone home to be with, with God, but I want to share this with you. I can, and for me, it's special because he's one of my father figures. I had a great dad, but Dr. Redpath, and I can hear his deep Scottish accent saying, there is nothing, no circumstance, no trouble, no testing that can ever touch me until, first of all, it has gone past God and past Christ right through to me. If it has come that far, if it has come with a great purpose, which I may not understand at the moment, if it has come that far, it has come with a great purpose, which I may not understand at the moment. But as I refuse to become panicky, as I lift up my eyes to him and accept it as coming from the throne of God for some great purpose of blessing to my own heart, no sorrow will ever disturb me, no trial will ever disarm me, no circumstance will cause me to fret, for I shall rest in the joy of what my Lord is. And it's not just the joy of what my Lord is, it's the joy of where my Lord is. And he's right here. He says, I'm with you. So be courageous. No need to cower. And it's not putting on a fake smile. It's being courageous in the face of reality. And the reality is not just coronavirus. The reality is the omnipotence of Jesus. And as Marsh mentioned earlier, he's not freaking out. He's not panicking. This isn't caught him off guard. So let's lean into it with him. See how he shapes us. So how... How do I dive in and just face this? I've got to be, to, to, to face my fear, I've got to be committed to encountering each day with a sense of courageousness, but also I, not just, I need to not just be courageous, but I need to be communal. Communal means walking in community, not walking alone. Go back to the text. He says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-discipline but of power and love, and love. P.D. James one time wrote that, quoting the Bible verse, perfect love casts out fear. But he said, fear is remarkably potent in casting out love. Perfect love might cast out fear, but fear is also remarkably potent in casting out love. The more afraid we become, it casts out love, it isolates us, we begin to become very self-absorbed. And Paul's telling Timothy, hey Tim, buddy, face your fear, and the way to do it, the way to gain courage, it's got to be companioned with community. Nehemiah was rebuilding the wall in Jerusalem. He said this, Nehemiah 4.14, after I looked things over. I stood up and I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, 
don't be afraid of them. They had enemies that wanted to stop them from rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. He says, don't be afraid of them. And again, it wasn't just, just do that. He gives them a reason. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. So there's that courageousness. But now hear the communal aspect and fight for your brothers, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Guys, what's remarkable is this coronavirus is trying to isolate us. But the blessing that we've got is all sorts of technology to be able to, 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 to walk together and to love each other well and to, to love that person that's next door, to love that person that we've never paid much attention to before, to love some older people in our lives that might be more vulnerable, but paying attention. This whole notion, all, there's so many exhortations in Scripture, and I know there's that armor of the Lord that Paul talks about in Ephesians. I don't know if you guys remember it, but you know, he talks about so many aspects of the armor. Let me read you some of it. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And here's what we do, especially in America. We take all those Bible verses and we privatize them. They, the, the, the scripture and the gospel is immensely personal, but it's not private. Remember, he wrote this to the Ephesians, not the Ephesian. It's not just one person that needs to have all that armor. It could be that you've got, the, you, you, you've got the helmet and you've got the breastplate and you've got the shield and you've got the shoes and you as the body together are gonna be able to face this. It's not just one-offing us. It's not just going around and doing this and isolating ourselves. So ask yourself, I'm gonna be asking, how can I not just be courageous today that spirit of power, but how can I be communal today? How can I pay attention to fellow human beings, fellow image bearers? I don't know if you guys have seen it. Obviously, we know that Siena, Italy, Italy has been just hit hard. Siena is at the epicenter. It's a beautiful town in, uh, in Tuscany, that uh, ancient village. They, they have a, a, a communal song that they'll sing at their races. They have horse races around the square. Well, they've, they're quarantined, they're locked down, and somebody stuck their hand out a window in one of the streets and said, uh, and hit record. And I want you to hear, these are people that are supposed to be isolated from one another, and they are physically, but they're not communally. They sing together. We're not gonna listen to the whole thing, but take a listen a little bit. This was just this week. The name of the song is Canto della Verbena. And while Sienna sleeps, people learn it from when they're little boys and little girls. And now they're isolated by this pandemic. 
but they will not let it destroy their community. God's going to give us a new song. Let's learn it together. Let's face our fear by being courageous, by being communal, but there's a third, by being careful. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, one more time. I'm hoping you got it memorized by now. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power. So be courageous. Love, be communal. And self-discipline or wise discretion. Be careful. Uh, that word, uh, sophronismos, is a word that m- means t- it, wisdom, discernment. Uh, this is, this, this is describing somebody who doesn't get taken in, in either direction. They don't get taken in by being too Pollyanna and positive, nor do they get taken in by being too panicky. And those are the temptations. We've all seen it. We see it in the media continually. There's the Pollyanna folks, oh, this isn't, a difficult, this isn't real, and then there's the, the panicky folks. And you know, he's given us a spirit of of self-discipline, of, of wise discretion. In 1915, the RMS Lustiana was torpedoed during World War I. 1,959 people were on board, almost 1,200 perished. And they perished, for the most part, needlessly because of panic and Pollyanna uh, postures. The captain actually deceived folks, trying to give them hope, saying the ship can't sink, and everybody took false hope in that. The the Pollyanna and then the panicky folks, so many died who had life jackets because they didn't take the time to put them on correctly. And they would put them around their neck and strangle or, or end up upside down. This is a time for us to think with wise discernment. Not Pollyanna not panicking. Let's let the Word of God speak into how we interpret what's happening. Nathan read from Philippians 4. Let's read some of it again, and then I'll continue with right after what he read. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Remember, Paul's writing this from house arrest, from prison. Then he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Pay attention to how you're thinking in these days. Paul told Timothy, he tells you and me, guys, face your fears, be courageous. Be communal. Be courageous because I'm with you. Be communal because you're with one another. But also be careful because I'm giving you spirits of discernment. I give you the wisdom. So walk through this good old-fashioned word, circumspectly. Paying attention. We're being fed a lot of panicky stuff. It's important that we don't go the other end of the spectrum to Pollyanna, but let's be accurate. One website, very credible group of folks, put this together. Here are 10 helpful facts about the coronavirus. You don't hear much about too many of these right now because panic is, is more popular in the media, and it's what, what draws us in. But guys, let's encourage one another. Again, not Pollyanna, not making stuff up, but just saying things like, we know what the virus is. 
So we got, we've got it, but we know how to detect the virus. The situation's improving in China. 80% of cases are mild. People do recover. Symptoms appear mild in children. The virus can be wiped clean with 70% alcohol. Science is on it globally. They're already vaccine prototypes. Antiviral trials are underway. Dr. Ignacio Lopez Goni is a professor of microbiology at the University of Navarra, Spain. There's plenty more where that came from. And again, it's not saying, hey, this isn't a big deal. It, it's the biggest deal you and I have probably encountered in our lifetime. But at the same time, it's not greater than Jesus. And it's not greater than us coming together as a community. You guys know that favorite painting of mine, There's Life Everywhere by Nikolai Yeroshenko from back in the days of shipping people off to Siberia. Yeroshenko painted a, a mother and a child and a peasant and a soldier and a farmer, all of kind of popular society. And they're being shipped off to Siberia, to a prison camp. But they're huddled around a little child feeding birds on a railway platform. And his inspiration for writing that was 1 John 3.14 that says, when we love, that's when we experience the life of the gospel. So when he says there is life everywhere, he's referring to what we talk about here at, at Northland, engaging people to be fully alive in Jesus. This is a time to do that. There is life everywhere. There is life right now. And it's been purchased for us. And I'm going to ask you right now to get those communion elements. And I'm going to ask our worship team to come back out, and we're going to celebrate communion together. But I, I want to read a passage. This was the passage that we were going to be looking at this weekend as part of our series through John's Gospel, the Awakened series. This is when Jesus has just said, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it to the full, fully alive, not just heart beating, lung breathing, but enlivened by the Spirit of God, restored into the normal purpose for which you're made. We're still in a fallen world, but we go through that fallen world, it's the valley of the shadow of death with life. And it's the good shepherd who gives it to us. Here's how he does. It's not just wishful thinking. Verse 14 of John 10, I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, he's laid down his life for you. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And the reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. He didn't die a martyr's death. He gave his life as a sacrifice. I lay it down on my own accord, and I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. He gave his life, as a good shepherd does, for his sheep, for you and me. He says, you can be courageous. You can be communal. You can be careful. Because you're underneath my leadership. So I'll encourage you to get those elements. And I'm going to serve communion to uh, my companions here. And I'm, I, this is 
It's a very serious thing. We, if you have the hand sanitizer or wash your hands, I'm going to do that. This is serious stuff. This is part of being careful. Being careful is, is making sure that we're following the guidance. We're trying to minimize the spread of this virus. And so no Pollyanna, hey, it doesn't matter. The cleanliness does matter. So go ahead and get those elements right now. And I'm going to head over here and take care of these.